2: What a Thursday it is we are so happy you join us in about 20 minutes or so we head to Seattle to find out the latest of how the Seahawks fans and how that organization ends up I don't know charting a new course without Russell Wilson may be the way to put it we will do that in about 20 minutes or so in about three minutes or so we actually look at the other end of the trade as Russell Wilson will be a member of the Denver Broncos and how does that change things for Denver and how does that change things for the AFC if it does at all? Get Aaron on Twitter, at Aaron underscore Torres. You can find me on Twitter, at Dan Bayer on Fox. Check out the latest lines of the world of sports at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Must be 21, must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, and Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I do, before we dive into Russell Wilson going to the Mile High City, and before we get another Mountain West conference update from John Ramos. I do want to bring in Brian Fenley, who's at the news desk. Brian, I know you just updated the Nation on some of the details of when players are reporting and when games are going to start. I just ask if you could do that again for those that that may have missed it, those of us that are joining us just right after the top of the hour. What do we know now, date-wise, now that we've had an agreement uh, in Major League Baseball?
0: Here is what we got, Dan. Opening day slated for April 7th. We will have a full regular season of 162 games. Spring training will begin as early as tomorrow, or at least that's when players are able to report. And then spring oh, wow. training okay. games, March 18th to 20th, so they've given you a couple days there, 18, 19, 20 of March to get going. And obviously there's a lot of discussion particulars uh, as far as minimum salary and a bump up in that, and the bonus pool money and the CBT, which is the collective balance tax. So there's a whole lot of you know nitpicking going on there, but it all comes down to this, Dan. The owners have to ratify This And most people think it's just a foregone conclusion. But as soon as that happens later on today, they're expecting it to happen later today. It is official. And as soon as it's official, then you get the frenzy of free agency and all the transactions and all the movement of players, which is always so fun to keep an eye on as well.
2: Well, thank you very much for the particulars. We are actually going to be joined by John Morosi, Fox Sports Radio baseball insider. You saw him all. You've seen him all day on the MLB network. But before we get to John Aaron, this is this is a change from yesterday. Rob Manfred released a statement saying no games uh, up until uh, April 14th uh, after there was no agreement. But that has changed over the last 24 hours. And uh, now we're going to have baseball sooner than expected.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, honestly, to be blunt, um, you know, it was one of those stories where I, I wasn't following the day-to-day particulars, but it didn't seem as though they were close. And, and my whole thing is as a sports fan, as somebody who does this, I don't care. I, I mean, I don't want to be negligent or whatever in doing my job, but you got to figure out a way, man. You got to figure out a way, a sport that... Um, You know, we we know what's going on with Major League Baseball, but obviously the NFL continues to take over. We have more options than ever before. We had to get games on the field sooner rather than later, and I'm happy that we're going to uh, very soon.
2: Do we have John Morosi? I know that this is a a fluid situation. All right, let's bring in John, Fox Sports Radio, Insider, uh, MLB Network, and so much more. John, happy, happy days are ahead. Thanks so much for coming on, man.
1: My goodness, uh, it sounds so good uh, just to be able to look at it. And and I I just got an email uh, regarding the the mandatory report date for players in three days. So uh, they will all be there three days from now. Games will begin by this time next week. We're we're there. I mean, it, it is... It is a sprint now. And, oh, by the way, free agency could begin as early as tonight, uh, hours from now. (laughs) Carlos Correa, Chris Bryant, Trevor Story, Nick Castellanos. Remember them? Remember hot stove conversations? Uh, We're about to get that all back. So, my goodness, after – Moments of despair that we all felt at different times in this process, and certainly as recently as yesterday and even a little bit today when, when th- there were some whispers that certain uh, players on the executive committee of the union were not going to be supporting this. Uh, but in the end, enough of the, teams, enough, of the, enough of the team player reps did, and we've got a deal, we've got baseball, and now it's time to grow the game again, which is just a, a really important thing for all of us who are involved in the game to, to be
4: working on right now.
3: John, what, what, what has what for those of us who I kind of just admitted I have not been following this day by day, minute by minute, line item by line item. What was what happened today that allowed the two sides to finally meet in the middle and say let's get this thing done?
1: I think two key things. There was a, a compromise reached uh, regarding the international draft, which MLB has wanted for a long time, and uh, basically the determination was it was too complicated to fully enumerate in this particular document today, and so in lieu of that, they're going to set a deadline of July, July the 25th, to uh, discuss it, and, and basically decide at that point in time, if the players are comfortable with the international draft being instituted, then they could approve it at that point in time. And then the qualifying offer, which has been something that has uh, restricted some of the player values in free agency over uh, over several years, uh, then the qualifying offer would go away, which the players have long wanted. So it's a matter of listening, hearing certainly from a lot of international players about their feelings regarding how the draft would fit into the culture of baseball in the Dominican Republic, in Venezuela, in Mexico. Uh, and so once those issues are, are worked through, I think that was a really key part of this agreement. Also. MLB moved up in a huge way. Uh, the, the, the minimum salary in the sport is now $700,000. That's, that's significant. That's the biggest increase ever in minimum salary in the history of, of the CBA. So that's huge. Uh, we have seen now the, the competitive balance tax threshold get up to two thirty. That's important, $230 million. Uh, the pre-arbitration bonus pool was put in. So uh, it was both conceptually dealing with the international draft and then the numbers on the economic issues really getting up to a level where the players just couldn't say no. It was it was too compelling of an offer for them to reject. And in the end, uh, now we've got baseball.
2: John Morosi joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. It is the Doug Gottlieb Show. I'm Dan Bayer. He's here in Taurus, sitting in for Doug. How did, did yesterday's statement by Rob Manfred play into – into any of this, the the addition of, of canceling more games? How, how did that all play out? And, and if it didn't, John, why send it out if they were closer than we had thought?
1: Well, it's a great question. And for me, one of the key things that transpired last night was MLB set a deadline for the union to come back and, and counter, and they did not. They missed the deadline. So at that point in time, MLB sent out the announcement saying another another week of games have been removed from the schedule. But interestingly, not long after that email was sent out, the players did come back with a counter or at least some concepts, and MLB said, okay, this is now something that we can work with. And so once the union – and again, maybe they were – Uh, was there a a moment of panic where they said, oh, no, did we overplay our hand here and and we have to go back and and now revisit things with with MLB? That might have been the case. Whatever it was, the important thing is they came back, and and MLB was still willing at that point in time to engage with them, and they got the deal done. It went from a really dispiriting moment in the 6 o'clock hour yesterday to less than 24 hours later we've got a deal. So it's, it's a really uh, unique set of circumstances. The, the key thing is, though, and I think this really affirms it, A, the players wanted to play, and B, the sides at the end of the day were not as far apart as the rhetoric and personality conflicts had suggested. And so for me, you look at this situation, and, and I'm optimistic that, candidly, uh, the, all the hard feelings that existed in the game over the last couple of years this is a five year deal is that the game is going to change a lot in the next five years so there's I think a lot to look forward to a lot of really positive things that that we, we can now learn from the the, the disagreements and and, fi- and seek the common ground and find a, a way to move the sport forward it's just so important that we do that because humility is what's required now consensus uh, working together any of the, I hope that we don't see any more anonymous quotes back and forth for the next six months on this because they're just not productive. We, we have to – we all of us love baseball to get back on the field and win the fans back and, and do it in a really humble way that, uh, that, that really listens to what the fans want to see and how we can make the game stronger going forward.
3: John, just a couple of smaller things that I saw on social media. One, please correct me if I'm wrong. But then two, just a reaction from players or people that you've spoken with. Uh, I I believe we have eliminated the idea of uh, runners on second base in extra innings. Is that fair? Uh, That was one. uh, If it's true, I'll just say I I was never on board with that one. Is that one that that amongst the many smaller things, uh, that is one way that baseball will not change?
1: Correct. Well, well, it, we are now going to see uh, the runner back on the runner on second base, no longer part of the mix, according to reports right now. Which actually, I'm I'm a little bummed about. I, I yeah. kind of liked it uh, because it, it made it made the games end more quickly. Uh, it for me, uh, I think helped. Uh, my biggest pet peeve in, in years gone by would be that you'd have a 14 inning game and and a, a pitcher who threw the scoreless, you know, three or four scoreless innings and extra innings would get sent down right after the game was over because he couldn't pitch for three or four days and, and they wanted that roster spot. I, I've always, that's always bothered me. So I'm, I'm, I've actually always been a huge fan of having the run around second. Uh, the the doubleheaders will be nine innings. And I think one of the really key things here, guys, is they found a way to play 162. And they're going to have to do a lot of clever scheduling and doubleheaders. And I don't know, for example, the, the thought I had in my own parochial Michigan perspective is, the Tigers are supposed to begin the season in Seattle, Well, they don't go there twice. So how are we going to make up that series? That's going to be interesting. We'll see how it all plays out. But uh, in general, guys, uh, the, the schedule makers have a lot of uh, busy days ahead. But you know what? I'm lucky they're going to be busy. I'm happy they're going to be busy. And uh, the, the, the baseball world is happy when the schedule makers have games to schedule.
2: Gianpaolo Morosi joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. It's a callback when John joined me a couple of weeks ago. I asked him what happened to the Paul, and he told me that the Paul will be back in Italy in the 2026 si, Winter Games.
1: Certamente Gianpaolo,
2: Gianpaolo, Gian, Paolo, Gian Paolo, <laughs> Jean... di Milano. Get him on Twitter at John Morosi. I'm going to leave you with this, John. Uh, some FAQs, frequently asked questions in Major League Baseball. It's on the heels of what Aaron was asking. Fourteen-team playoff is that what we have now? My understanding is it's going to be twelve. And, okay, and twelve. They had, okay. uh,
1: settled. Yes. Which, which I think is is good. It, it to me I like it because it it brings in more more teams. It brings in a greater amount of uh, of intrigue. It, it keeps. Pennant races alive longer. You, know, you want to have September games mean something in as many cities as possible because that's what's going to keep your fans coming to games after school starts again in September. And so, to me, uh, expanding the playoffs, even if it's just by one team per league, is significant, is important, and, and to me is a really key part of the CBA.
2: Okay, so we have 12 teams. Do we have bigger bases, or do they stay the same size? Now,
1: for this year, the bases stay the same size. Okay, the bigger bases may come into play next year. So so stay tuned there. That's one of the key things as part of the CBA is MLB now has that 45-day period to notify the union of unilateral changes to the playing rules. And that could include bigger bases. That could include uh, taking out the shift, the pitch clock for next year. So the game on the field in 2022 will look like the same rules we had last year for the most part. Again, you mentioned some of the ones that will change. But in terms of the bases, shifts, We could see dramatic changes there for 2023, even potentially in the years to come, the automated strike zone.
2: All right, so shifts, uh, maybe bigger bases, maybe 12-team. And then finally, are the Orioles already eliminated from playoff contention? (laughs) The
1: Baltimore Orioles remain very much part of the playoff picture. They had a couple decent months last year. They're getting better and better. Uh, You may see Adley Rutschman, former number one overall pick in the draft, get his way to the major leagues this year so there is hope and faith for the orioles for every team in major league baseball because my friends we have got it back play ball opening day april the 7th 2022
2: so grateful for your time, John. Love having you on. And, uh, yeah, great, great work on all of this. And can't wait to talk about real baseball. Thanks so much, John. Appreciate I can't it. wait.
1: It, when, if, if and when Carlos Correa signs tonight, call me back. I'll be all
2: right back. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody will. They will take you up on that offer, that's for sure. John Morosi, find him on Twitter, uh, at John Morosi. No H. There's no reason for an H uh, here on Fox Sports Radio. All right. Uh, Thank you, John. That's there's great. all the baseball that better for him to answer all of this because so much got lost in the sh- in the shuffle. Again, I'm like, all right, do we have 14? Do we have 12 teams? What's it going to be? Are we going to have bigger bases? Some of those questions answered, some of those uh not so much.
1: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
2: I know for a fact, Aaron, that Doug Gottlieb wishes he was in this chair right now. I know he was in for okay. Colin Cowherd on the herd earlier today on Fox Sports Radio, and he's in Indianapolis covering the Big Ten tournament. But I know for a fact that Doug Gottlieb would want to be in this chair right now. You want to know why? I know that, Aaron. I mean, I could take a guess, but uh, you ahead. know Doug better than I. Well, because if a you Georgia want to take fan, a guess. Right? absolutely. And you know why else he would he would want to be in this chair? is because he was always the one who sided with the Raiders in the Khalil Mack trade. And the Khalil Mack trade from the Raiders to the Bears was one where many of us said, how could you do this if you're John Gruden? You are crazy. And Doug always said, no, he wasn't, for a variety of reasons. But I think today, with now this breaking news that we brought to you about 10 minutes ago... Another major trade in the NFL, and as Aaron alluded to, Doug's a Chargers fan, the Chargers getting Khalil Mack in a trade with the Chicago Bears for a second-round pick this year and a sixth-round pick next year. That is why Doug Gottlieb is kicking himself. That, and baseball's back as well. Uh, We've got that for you. But, man, uh, what a a story about the NFL. And it's funny, Aaron, because we – you know, we've been talking today, and the news that Major League Baseball's lockout was over came down about 325 Eastern time was when it ended up happening. We were joined by John Morosi uh, soon thereafter, who had been all over the story. I, I do think that when it comes to the lockout, the, the toughest part about the lockout for fans has been they, by and large, don't care about a competitive balance tax. They don't care about an international draft. They don't care about these things. What they care about is not having games. Yep. And so that's just the debate. The, 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 like, there's no breakdown. I don't think fans are like, can you believe that they actually pushed the threshold? There, there's there's a group <laughs> of them out there. But in the general consensus and, and, and the people that are really hurt by it are, are the ones that just want to be able to go to a baseball game in July when they take their week's vacation. You know, they want to go well, on that road trip and continue their their ballpark, you know, tour and stuff like that. That's really where, like, Major League Baseball in the lockout, like in the true nuts and bolts of it, they don't care about the details of what's going on in the CBA. It's just, tell me again why I don't have baseball. And the good news for them there's no longer a reason to tell them why they don't have baseball because they have it now.
3: Yeah, and we'll get back to Khalil Mack and all the NFL stuff as well in a minute. But I, I agree with you 100%. I was actually kind of surprised, uh, Dan, to be honest, about some of the reaction from from people in our business that I like and that I respect. And it's not a personal thing. But I saw so many people say, oh, I mean, who, who cares if we miss a couple weeks in, in, in April of baseball? And I'm like, it's not that we're missing weeks of April baseball, which obviously it's cold. You know, uh, in much of the country, the weather's not great, Mm -hmm. not great attendance, all that stuff. It's the concept that the MLB doesn't realize how damaging losing games can, what it it can mean for, as you said, the average guy and girl. I don't think that baseball, you know, kind of makes its hay, if you will, during the summer off of the diehard that tunes into every single game, every single night. I think it's exactly the, the person that you just described. The person that on a Tuesday night says, hey, let's go to the ballpark. A person that maybe lives two, three, four hours from the closest MLB city and they make a weekend out of it. The guys, as you said, or girls that, that you know, road trip where you hit two or three ballparks over a four or five day stretch. So I'm glad that they're back and I'm glad that common sense has prevailed because that was my exact thought was and I'll be honest, I mean, I even said it when JP was on earlier today is that. I'm not the type of person that was in the minutiae of exactly all of the elements that you said. I just want to know, when are we going to get baseball? Why don't we have baseball? I don't care about the details. I'm sorry to the players. I'm sorry to the owners. Just get this thing done. And I do give them credit where they ultimately really aren't giving up really anything, um, essentially because we are ultimately going to get 162-game season, even, even if it's in a little bit of a condensed time frame.
2: It's funny because I think that the – and I and I did it in the joking term of frequently asked questions about what's going to happen with Major League Baseball because there were a lot of things thrown out there, but that is what I think fans want to know, all right, how many teams are there in the playoffs? Okay, there's not going to be 14. There's going to be 12. All right, so we got that. Uh, DH, we're going to have a DH in the National League? Okay, we are. So let's let's move on from that. That sort of stuff, and the stuff in that window, I think, ended up getting overshadowed because of what we saw with uh, all of these luxury tax and competitive balance tax issues that uh, that ended up uh, and the international draft scenario in that situation, on how that ended up taking over the conversation when it came to uh, to to the negotiations over the last couple of weeks, I just don't think that baseball fans cared that it, uh, and, and were likely bothered that an international draft was going to be the reason why they weren't going to be able to watch uh, spring training games in Arizona or Florida. Agreed. And 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 so that's that's how it ends up playing out. But the good news for baseball fans is that baseball will be back, and you'll get your 162-game schedule. Uh, The difference between 162 and 144 when you spread it out, I don't, you, you wouldn't notice it anyway. You noticed it when they played sixty games, but but when you only have an eighteen game difference when you play one hundred and sixty two, it's just like the NBA last year and the the shrunken schedule that they had. You didn't necessarily notice it. You just felt that there was maybe a few more games because the calendar was shrunk, but you had no idea if it was sixty, if it was seventy two, or if it was the normal eighty two. It's just there's there's no rate, no way to really get a sense of that when you play so many games.
3: So no, one hundred percent, and and that's I think the biggest positive out of everything is that you lost two games on two weeks on the calendar of what would have been games but uh, the the season itself isn't going to change that much the structure of it once we get to week two week three day 10 whatever I don't think anybody's even going to notice a difference
2: It has been a crazy week in the NFL. We're going to recap it for you. We're going to do that in about 10 minutes or so because I think that there's stuff that's gotten lost, and I know, Aaron, you want to weigh in on that. I do want to let the audience know, the listener know, that today's show is brought to you by Discover. Real credit card questions require real people, someone who understands your issues and works to resolve them with you. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. Discover, exceptionally common sense. And I go back to the... uh, Story that we started off with with the breaking news of Khalil Mack being traded by the Bears to the to the Chargers, and it is. I mean, when you look at at the Chargers and just trying to attack that AFC West now with the addition of of Russell Wilson, an absolute. I I don't know if it's a it's a home run sort of deal. Because I do think that there's questions about Khalil Mack's health, but if there is an, an available pass rusher that is available for you, this is now such a, a a point, counterpoint back and forth within the AFC West because Denver's saying, okay, we have weapons, now we need somebody to get uh, the football to those weapons, so they bring in Russell Wilson, and now you got a quarterback stack division, and now the Chargers make their chess move. It's not the biggest play, but to me right now it's the most intriguing Aaron of, of the Khalil Mack acquisition by the Chargers, not because it's the newest, but because now it is a chess game. Like now all of these teams are going to be making moves uh, in correspondence to other moves that have been making uh, that have been made. And this in the NFL is not something that has happened year after year after year. Like this is the new NFL. And we talk about the NFL dominating the headlines. Another reason why they've been able to dominate the headlines is now their off season has gotten 10 times better. So I just I love this move and how it's so counteractive. I don't know if it's going to work out for the Chargers or not. I think that there's a question uh, to that, but to be able to do that to try to go after the quarterbacks in the AFC West is it just actually has me salivating of what we're getting in this NFL off season.
3: Let me ask you this. I asked uh, Anthony uh, Tresh earlier today um, about this concept. Do you think this is a Rams of vacation, if you will, of the NFL, where there's 31 other front offices, fan base, whoever that sat there and said, well, wait a second now, why does this have to be a five year plan? Why sure. do we have to keep yeah, yeah like why do we have to keep all of our draft picks and, and I always say like there's no like you can't really say we're just gonna duplicate what the Rams did because there's only so many Odell Beckham's and Vaughn Millers but one thing that I've never understood is, is a couple things one I've never understood the idea of draft capital we admit that you miss even on first round picks you admit you miss on 50% of them so why do we hold on to them like they're worth their weight in gold but then beyond that something that Jason Martin and I talk about all the time on our Saturday show is the idea that I just think in 2022, we've been doing this long enough to know Super Bowl windows, championship windows, title windows—whatever you want to whatever you want to call them—they're uh, much smaller than people realize. And I, I always use the reference: the the Oklahoma City Thunder make the the NBA Finals, excuse me, in twenty twelve, and we just assume that they, they'll they'll get, they're going to own this mm-hmm. conference and this league for the next decade. Fast forward, and all of a sudden, they haven't been back to the finals since. Obviously, uh, trade James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Russell Westbrook eventually leave as well. And so, I wonder if other front offices. And people that actually have power are starting to realize that. It's like, you know, you're the Chargers, you feel good because you have Justin Herbert, but whether it is because of the fact that, um, you know, the way last season ended where you missed the playoffs in the, the most, you know, crushing way possible, losing on the final day of the regular season, final game of the regular season, whether it's because uh, you just feel like y- you you have a roster built for now with Justin Herbert. I don't know what it is, but whether it is a ramsification, whether it's a cross-sport thing, I do wonder if a all these franchises are starting to realize, you know what, the, these championship windows that we always
2: talk about, they're a lot smaller than we expect sure. and we got to take advantage when we can. I think that the Rams probably get too much credit but I think that there's something that you're on to because I do think that we give them credit to, to sit there and say like, alright, we aren't going to rebuild. It's your your point about the the window opening. I think that, that the the playoff windows that we have now, there's a lot more windows and they open and shut a lot quicker than than we are used to in what was happening in the NFL say a decade ago. Because I don't look at it as a Rams vacation necessarily. I actually look at it as a Bengals scenario. A Falcons scenario a Carolina Panthers scenario like this Bengals team came from the bottom of the National Football League and they have a star quarterback in Joe Burrow have some weapons and were able to put something together and make a run and ended up in the Super Bowl there was nothing that the Bengals did in the past that would tell you that they were on the verge of not only going to the playoffs but also going to this to a super bowl and i think when you look at like the atlanta falcons when they went five years ago they got in close four years prior to that but they didn't go to the playoffs in the span from when they lost to the 49ers in 2012 to when they actually went to the super bowl in 2016 they didn't make the playoffs between those three years so now you have this one-off season and the falcons made it the next year and guess what Haven't been back since the Panthers in the Cam Newton year. You had that great 15 and one campaign, but what was there after that? Like those, that's where I think that the NFL is. And while the Rams of going out, it, it really helps by the way, when you have Aaron Donald, like when you have the most dominant player in the NFL, like you're going to be competitive and if other pieces work out and it's not to minimize what the Rams have done. What I think though is what you're seeing is with these other teams is that You don't need to have a full rebuild. You just need to be able to do it that year and then you figure it out. And that's where I think like there's no more deals that I think that are handcuffing teams. There are very few deals, Aaron, that I think handcuff teams, you know, for three and four years down the line, maybe Matt Ryan's contract is one of them uh, because it was just so much owed to him that they couldn't move him. But their ascension to the top was pretty sudden, just like the Panthers were, just like the Bengals were. And I think that's what drives it. So I don't think it's the Rams, because the Rams have actually consistently bet in the playoffs. I just think it's teams thinking, you know what, if we can make a push this year, let's worry about this year and then, you know, forget about the next year.
3: Totally fair. And I will say, I, you know, just to kind of put a button on the point, I totally agree. That it has made this time of year really fun. I mean, we talk about the NFL being a 365-day-a-year sport now, uh, where all of a sudden, obviously, we, we have more draft covers than ever before, and it's because people want it. And now you have kind of this free agency trade window, all that stuff. Uh, it's a fun
2: time to be an NFL fan. I know we're going to talk about just how crazy this specific week has been coming up. Khalil Mack now going to be a member of the Los Angeles Chargers. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Bayer. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. You can find Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. You can find me on Twitter at at Dan Byer on Fox. John Ramos is here, our technical producer. He's also our Mountain West insider, giving us the latest of what's happening in the Mountain West Conference, as only John Ramos knows how five years running he has been doing this. John, do you have an update of what's happening in Sin City?
4: Dan, it's funny you should mention this. The game is over, and Boise State survives. They beat Nevada 71-69. Marcus Shaver, Jr., Got the rebound after Keenan Blackshear missed a three point jumper that would have won the game for Nevada. It didn't go down with six seconds left, and Boise State will move on to face the winner of that UNLV Wyoming game.
2: Mm, What a week for the Broncos, both in Denver. And now in Boise, John Ramos, your Mountain West insider. Almost it is the, the identical situation for both sets of Broncos. Almost the identical <laughs> situation. Hey, hey, same colors. You know, sure. I, that never even dawned on me. But, hey, the orange and blue uh, works out well. Although it would be nice if maybe the Broncos went back to that shade of blue that uh, Boise uses. That would be, that'd be that pretty would be sweet. Good. We're going to get throwback uniforms sooner rather than later, so uh, maybe we will see them. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Pyre. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug
1: Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
5: Mike check. Hey. Mike check. Hey. Mike check. Hey. Do you want exclusive insight from the biggest names in the sports game? What's good? This is national champion and former pro baller Chris Johnson let me tell you a little bit about my new series KJ Live. KJ Live is the only show featuring me going one-on-one with the brightest basketball minds on the planet to get the real and when i say real i mean that real i got legendary hall of famers elite coaches and the top basketball insiders bringing you a unique perspective on all things hoops culture that you will not find anywhere else. To make your next move your best move and tap in with me on KJ Live wherever get your podcast
2: from anthony Tresh is pro football focuses lead college analyst and he joins us now on the program hey anthony good to talk to you again how are you i'm doing well how are you guys doing <laughs> amazing because college hoops is is amazing right now baseball is back and it's been the absolute craziest week in the nfl that uh, that i can remember i'm curious From your uh, aspect on not only what's happened with the trades, but what's happening following the combine, what's happening with franchise tags, how much did the NFL draft shake up for what's transpired over the last seven days?
4: Yeah, I mean, first off, great day to be a sports fan. No doubt about that. Um, It's been exciting, I mean, last few days, definitely today. But, you know, as far as the NFL goes, it's – I can kind of sense a little bit of panic, right? We're seeing that with the quarterback front. Um, It's definitely going to have massive ramifications um, in the 2022 NFL draft, and specifically with the quarterback picture, right? I mean, you know, a month ago, it looked like a real possibility we could see five of those quarterbacks going round one, even though it's not an exciting class. But a lot of people were kind of needy at the position. But you're starting to see some of these teams – off for the veteran market, right? You're looking at Washington They go get Carson Wentz. We're hearing rumors that Mitchell Trubisky is going to be way overpaid, um, and it's just kind of interesting to see. And of course, Denver, you know, giving up the bag there for Russell Wilson um, from the Seattle Seahawks. It'll be interesting to see what kind of direction they go into. Um, and of course, with the new updates with Deshaun Watson and you know the possibility of some team um, being willing enough. Um, to trade for him, um, you know, th- there's a lot going on. You know, and it, that's just the quarterback conversation, right? I mean, you're seeing a lot of movement across positions there. Um, you know, some big veterans entering the market as well, with of course Bobby Wagner, the off-ball linebacker, the, the future Hall of Famer from Seattle, with all, interest from pretty much almost every single team in the league. And now we're hearing the Dallas Cowboys shopping tackle Lael Collins, who is still a very good tackle, and he's going to have a really robust market. Um, and, and so it's just going to be. It's interesting to see. And, you know, I mean, if you wrote a mock draft this past week that I published on Monday, you might as well just throw it out the window <laughs> because it's completely different now. And it's going to be completely different a week from now. So it's going to be hard to see, you know, where they kind of project what the NFL draft, the first round is going to look like really, you know, until the next few weeks are kind of cleared out.
3: Anthony, uh, obviously when the Rams won the Super Bowl, there's a lot of buzz about how they went about building their their franchise, trading draft picks, win now, get superstars, get established guys. What was the buzz around combine time or your sources within the league about? um, Is this replicable, right? Because I think it's easy to say, oh, everybody should do this, but there's only so many Jalen Ramseys and Odell Beckhams and Vaughn Millers to go around. So uh, is this something that teams that feel like they're a piece to away are going to look more aggressive? to move draft picks for, or was this kind of a flash in the pan uh, with the Los Angeles Rams over the last couple months?
4: Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, I think we're going to con- continue to see this become a little bit more normalized, just because before, I mean, that was something that, you know, a lot of people were fans of, You know, you know, mortgaging the future to kind of invest in one quarterback and thinking that you are one quarterback away to win the Super Bowl, And, you know, the Los Angeles Rams, they did that. I mean, even before, you know, we heard from Peter Schrager, you know, he was on the Pat McAfee show this morning and he said, the Indianapolis Colts, I mean, they were in on Matthew Stafford. I mean, he was, Matthew Stafford was prepared to be an Indianapolis Colts. I mean, that was a real thing. But at the end of the day, Los Angeles just came in and offered much, much more than Indianapolis Colts were willing to offer. You know, that just goes to show not a lot of teams are, you know, they're, they're willing to put, you know, maybe their foot in the water, but they're not ready to jump in the pool. But now we're starting to see more teams kind of jump in that pool, like we just saw with the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson. I mean, that was a move that, you know, I mean, granted, I think if on Seattle, I'm asking for a lot more than they gave up. But to them, that was the Kings' ransom. But, I mean, that's a whole other topic of conversation. Um, but we're starting to see teams just kind of continuously throw darts. And I think Chris Ballard, the Colts' GM, He's starting to kind of come around, and he's had a lot of interesting public quotes, I would say, in the last few months. And, you know, just kind of after the Carson Wentz experiment. You know, you've got to keep throwing darts at the position. And, you know, for that team, I fully expect him to go and get another veteran quarterback, for, you know, possibly Jimmy Garoppolo. That's my prediction as of right now. And I would still expect him to take a quarterback in the 2022 NFL draft and keep throwing those darts. So I, I do think that, you know, with the way the game's kind of, you know, trending, I do think it's become it's going to become more normalized. You know, to kind of, you know, asset, you know, to trade all these assets away for these quarterbacks that you think can get you to that next level. And, you know, you look at Washington, they did it with Carson Wentz. I mean, they wanted Aaron Rodgers. That was never going to happen. They wanted you know, Russell Wilson. He did not want to go there. They wanted Deshaun Watson. But, of course, with their situation, they, 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 can't, they couldn't afford to do that, you know, especially with all the ongoing issues behind the scenes with that franchise they just could not do that move. With Carson Wentz, they believe they can kind of get to the playoff pump, and you know, I think they're a little bit more confident in him than I am. You know, I do think that they're a slightly better team with Carson Wentz than with Taylor Heineke, but at the end of the day, he's just not going to be that Super Bowl-winning quarterback for them. But they went out there and they made the move, trade a couple day two picks for him. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, going back to the original question, I think this is going to become a more normal thing. I think every offseason, you know, well, maybe almost every offseason, we're going to hear these rumors with these veteran quarterbacks. And we're going to see, you know, more and more that one guy is just not going to stick with one team throughout the duration of his entire career.
2: Anthony Tresh, Pro Football Focus, joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. It's the Doug Gottlieb Show. He's here in Torres. I'm Dan Byer. Does Russell Wilson solve everything now uh, for the Denver Broncos?
4: I don't know if he solves everything. I, they definitely have some needs on defense, but I will say that they, Denver definitely goes from contenders to contenders. There's no doubt about that. I mean, looking at their roster last year, I mean, heading into the season, that was one of the best rosters in the NFL, taking quarterback out of the conversation. Problem is, quarterback's the most important piece on the field and by far the most valuable, and that's why you had to see Von Miller you know, request a trade and get traded out to L.A. to win a Super Bowl. Um, you know, and hopefully, if he can come back for Denver's sake, I think that would be a massive addition there and get some cornerbacks in there as well. I mean, they're still going to be running the same type of system, maybe retain Bryce Callahan um, and maybe get Darius Williams from the Los Angeles Rams as well. And they're a coordinator coming over from the Los Angeles Rams. So, definitely some pieces, I think, on defense that need to be cleaned up. But that offense there, I mean, like I said, that's a Super Bowl caliber offense. And, you know, I-, I was so ecstatic to hear of this trade for my for my guy jerry judy because that was one of my favorite players in the draft a couple of years ago um and he's just been absolutely plagued with quarterback falling completions. i mean he's doing his job the, the way it needs to be done but he's just getting thrown inaccurate passes that he can't do anything about um and now they actually have a quarterback that can you know effectively throw the ball downfield, make the right decisions and throw the ball accurately that's something they haven't had in, in years you know dating back to you know Peyton Manning. You know before his last season, when he kind of dipped off there well, considerably, um, and so this is going to be, I think, game-changing for this franchise. It's going to make the AFC West a very exciting division. Um, of course, with Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and the Los Angeles Chargers. And again, I, I think I would not rule out the Las Vegas Raiders kind of, you know, knocking off one of these teams in an upset. I don't think Las, Las Vegas is going to go. Over for, for 6 in the division i think they're going to be competitive in some of these games and it's going to make for a very highly competitive division and you know ultimately a very you know i would say pivotal in the way the playoff picture and the playoff feeding um kind of shakes out so you know denver i, I think they go into super bowl consistent status now with this russell wilson addition um does he fix everything nobody fix i would say he fixes just about everything
3: last one for me anthony obviously combine done um who is the number one pick in the draft? Because obviously there there isn't the consensus guy this year. Uh, the, we know the lines are you know unofficially on the clock, but it, it has a consensus guy emerged. Do you think somebody will? Who is going to be the number one pick in, in the draft when when we uh, meet in Vegas in a few weeks?
4: Yeah, I'm pretty confidently going to say Aiden Hutchinson, and it definitely after the Jacksonville Jaguars put the franchise tag on Cam Robinson, I think that almost solidifies it. Um, you know, I definitely wouldn't have done the franchise tag on Cam Robinson, but. I was always in the Aiden Hutchinson camp. I do know if you Evan Neal and Ike Okwunnu, I- 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 um, the two offensive tackles that were kind of battling for number one spot, they're almost equal. I mean, they both figured them as elite prospects, but Aiden Hutchinson's just a, a safe, uh, you know, high projection to the next level, and I think he's going to be a huge difference maker for that defense. And, and you know, I guess interesting there with that number two overall pick because I do think Detroit really wanted Aiden Hutchinson, and now I mean, a- a- even too I heard some things maybe Malik Willis could be the number two guy. Um, you know they're not ruling it out, and he's not completely off the board with that second overall pick. But they could go other options, possibly trade out of it. So I think Aiden Hutchinson goes number one overall. That's what I would do. And I think because he goes number one overall, it's going to be it's going to shake up some things in the top five and make things a little bit more difficult for some of those teams.
2: Read him on Pro Football Focus. Find him on Twitter at pff underscore Anthony Anthony Trash. Anthony, we appreciate it. When we know we will be talking to you again very soon in the next month and a half. Looking forward to it, man. Thanks. Yes, likewise. Thank you, guys.